Are we all going to die? Yes. However, not soon enough for the Malthusian cult, because over in America, 60 Minutes decided to start the new year with, well, not some positivity and, and lightness and sunshine, but a fun. No, no, they're telling us there's too many of us. And who they brought back to tell us that is very interesting. There's a very interesting interview from the 1970s featuring this particular doctor. So we're going to have a look at that. And we'll end talking about Lizzo. Yes, you heard me right. Lizzo. But before all of that, welcome, as always, to the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J. Podcast, commentary, comedy and conversation. Please remember to like, share, subscribe comment and any other brilliant good amazing thing that you can think of that would be fantastic all right actually before we begin the show just a another shout out to my tinfoil hat on instagram she shared the podcast and as a result the arriving somewhere with matt j podcast is number 23 in news commentary in canada which is very cool but what's hilarious to me is this week I ranked higher than a CNN podcast. This brings me immense joy. So thanks again to at my tinfoil hat on Instagram. Go follow her if you are not following her already. Alrighty, let's go into what 60 Minutes has decided to to publish. So what I'm, what I'm going to do here is I've got to tape an interview of the biologist that 60 Minutes has in their recent mini documentary mini video i've got an interview from him from 1970 so we'll look at some of that compare it to what he's saying now as well and i have an email from the tuttle twins talking about this anti-humanist push that we're seeing and if you don't know the tuttle twins they create books and have an animated show actually as well about freedom and economics and law and things like that specifically for children although they're pretty good for adults too so the Tuttle Twins, anyway, an email from the Tuttle Twins from Connor, one of the creators over there. So what I'll do is read some of this email, we'll go through some of the videos and you can get an idea of what is being pushed. This whole depopulation thing is very real. So I'll start with the email from the Tuttle Twins. While some of us have spent the first week of 2023 celebrating new life and new hopes, 60 Minutes decided the best way to ring in the new year was to dredge up one of the most anti-hope, anti-life people of all time and resurrect him from virtual obscurity this guy's name is paul ehrlich and he's what i like to call a villain now if you haven't heard of dr paul ehrlich before he wrote a book called the population bomb came out in 1968 was a big deal at the time and interestingly enough the a few years later that's when the club of rome released limits to growth which was a few episodes ago that i talked about that but the limits to growth based more on uh, actual modeling computer models and using the ideas, I assume, behind The Population Bomb by Dr. Paul Ehrlich, the biologist. So in a TV interview in 1970, he discusses some of these ideas. So I'll just go to this TV interview and play you some clips so you can get to know the man and some of the language that is used. A real problem there than here? Well, the problem in South America or in India is the growth rate's extremely fast. And this is going to lead to a tremendous amount of starvation there. So in that sense, it's a very serious problem there. But you've got to remember that in a sense, in another sense, in a more real sense, our growth rate is the most serious in the world. For instance, if you take uh, per capita power consumption as, a, as your best measure of pollution, in other words, of your, of your negative impact on the environment, each American baby born is 50 times the disaster for the world as each Indian baby. 
If you take per capita consumption of steel as your measure of uh, consumption of the Earth's very small supply of non-renewable resources, each American baby is 300 times the disaster for the world as each Indonesian baby. Similarly, within the United States, there are a lot of people who seem to feel, well, the problem is too many poor babies or too many black babies. It's nonsense. It's the affluent and the well-to-do and the middle-class people who are doing the consuming and polluting. And it's really our problem to start controlling our population growth first. I mean our, I mean the the affluent whites in the United States and their equivalent in the Soviet Union, in Japan and Western Europe, the overdeveloped countries. I mean, just listen to the language being used there. Babies, a disaster for the world. That is such an evil thing to say. Children, babies, a disaster for the world. Very anti-Christian. An interesting language also being used around the overdevelopment of certain countries. And that's what we're seeing play out right now. Even that paper in an article in Nature, the journal that I talked about a few months ago, it was essentially saying that we have over overdeveloped countries that need to be pulled down. And, and, the, and by that I mean they need to be not as developed anymore we need to keep just pull pull them down a bit and keep them on a level and rise up some of the poorer countries to a to a sustainable level and be and reduce the population this is what the malthusian stuff going on right now the malthusian cult this is what it's all about depopulation and ultimately us not using as much resources and of course what we're seeing now is this push this whole bs about white privilege a very racist statement to be saying in the first place but that fits in with this agenda that's being pushed now i want to be fair here to this dr paul ehrlich because he does talk about and this is where the nuance comes in because and here he does talk about hard pesticides and how we need to get rid of those from how we farm and go to other methods of farming all of that okay there's nuance here where you can agree with them on certain things absolutely it's the language around population that is massively concerning also what i find very interesting is what are we doing today we have a bunch of absolute gar- garbage in our foods and in our water things like fluoride that aren't exactly promoting good health and and you could certainly argue that that war well, one makes you a product for the the health industry you'll be on meds or whatever to sort out health problems and two is that having an effect on our ability on our ability to have children because it would certainly fit in with this malthusian type agenda wouldn't it so he does discuss that in this interview i will leave a link to this 1970 interview in the show notes if you want to check it out check it out it's only or this particular one is only 15 minutes long but i will just skip ahead to some interesting things that you always hear coming out of the Malthusian types, which is famine, plague, and war. So here he's going to talk about, well, weather, which is interesting, and viruses. What disasters do you see if we don't change our ways? Well, we're losing 10 to 20 million people a year to death, to starvation right now. That's a big disaster already, and that will inevitably increase. It may I'm not speaking increase next worldwide. Year. Worldwide. Oh, and in the United States, too. We are very close to a famine disaster in the United States because of the things that air pollution is doing to change the weather. 
We have entrained a series of weather changes, which now look like we may have a very serious, very large weather change in the United States, which, of course, will hurt our agriculture tremendously. So we're close to famine in the United States, too. We're very close to a worldwide plague that could kill virtually everybody we just missed in 1967. And this is something that concerns biologists a great deal. The, the denser, the larger, the weaker the population gets, the more we are set up for a virus that will just run through and it will be so long for three-quarters of the people. And, of course, every person you add to the planet, increases and, and every bit of pollution you add also increases the chances of a thermonuclear war and makes its results worse because a thermonuclear war of course would, would wreck the ecology in a way that we haven't managed uh, with our with our little efforts so far so that uh the disaster will take the form of famine plague or war they're mankind's old uh, companions fundamentally you just got to remember this there's no way out of the arithmetic there will never be seven billion people in the year 2000 the only question is, why won't there be 7 billion people in the year 2000? Will it be because we've had so many people die off of those things, or will it be because we have managed to bring the birth rate down a long way? I believe so. Well, we're at 8 billion now, so I think he was wrong on that prediction. Now, interesting hearing about the weather, though, and what's happening now around the world with geoengineering, and how is that going to affect agriculture and a bunch of other things and also talking about viruses there and how we're more more of a dense population living almost on top of each other in a lot of cities i guess and how a virus would just rip through and kill kill a lot of people that's very interesting to think about what's happened over the last three years so there he's talking about man's oldest enemies as he said with famine plague and war but how can we depopulate by choice and this is what he said in 1970 what can the government what ought the government to do about this well what it ought to do is this the first thing you want you don't want to put i i'm against government interference in our lives you want to minimize that so the very first thing the government should do is try and take the pressure off to reproduce there's a lot of pressure in our society now to reproduce if you're single people try and push you into getting married you know, uh, you, your wife, you have a, a, a bachelor over and your wife says, gee, shouldn't I have a nice girl over? The idea is, you know, nobody should escape. So there's pressure to get married. Young couples, if they don't have children, people say, gee, they must be sterile. They never say, gee, maybe they like uh, good wine and going to the theater and so on. They prefer that to scraping diapers. So there's pressure to have children. So the first thing that should happen is that the president ought to say, from now, here on out, no intelligent, patriotic American family uh, ought to have more than two children, preferably one, if you're starting a family now. Not, not any law, but just say this is what responsible people do. He ought to make the FCC see to it that large families are always treated in a negative light on television, wherever they appear. There ought to be a tremendous amount of television time devoted to spot commercials, the sort we've had against smoking. Uh, but the ones in the middle, say, in the middle of Beverly Hillbillies, you get a scene which shows Los Angeles in the smog, and it just says this city has a fatal disease. It's called overpopulation. And so long. Uh, now, that sort of campaign, you could, you could have a census, a sample census, which would see whether that was having a desired effect. If that didn't, you could move to giving women bonuses for not having babies. That almost certainly would do the job. If that didn't have the effect, then you could move to changing the tax structure uh, so that people who had the money and had the children paid for the children. In other words, you would increase taxes on people with children rather than decrease them since they, when they have the children, they require more services. If that doesn't work, uh, then you'll have the government legislating the size of the family. And people say, oh, that's impossible. Government can never intrude and tell you how many children to have. Well, I got news. You know, it intruded a long time ago and told you how many wives you can have. Uh, and there's not the slightest question that if we don't get the population under control with voluntary means, that in the not-too-distant future, the government will simply tell you how many children you can have and throw you in jail if you have too many. So there's a man saying he's against government intrusion and then goes on to 
say about six things the government can do to intrude on our lives and our personal choices. Fascinating stuff. And <laughs> also saying the use of television, uh, shows, commercials, whatever it is, what's being pushed now on our TVs and what's being pushed to the kids as well. And and look at this whole feminist movement and, and the LGBT stuff being pushed. And then ending with, and then we'll have a, we, and none of that works, we can have a, a limit on children. Just like they tried to do in China, which was just an absolute horror show. So that's Dr. Paul Ehrlich from 1970. 60 Minutes have decided, again, this guy wrote The Population Bomb. So 60 Minutes have decided to bring him back for the, the start of the 2023. Why not? Why not? And let's have a listen to some of the propaganda being pushed here. In what year will the human population grow too large for the Earth to sustain? The answer is about 1970, according to research by the World Wildlife Fund. In 1970, the planet's three and a half billion people were sustainable. But on this New Year's Day, the population is eight billion. Today, wild plants and animals are running out of places to live. The scientists you're about to meet say the Earth is suffering a crisis of mass extinction on a scale unseen since the dinosaurs. And just before I play some of this, I think most of us can agree that protecting the environment, cleaning up the, the environment as best we can, is certainly a good thing. And we have to find that balance. But what is being pushed and what we're talking about here is depopulation. It's ultimately what we're talking about. And, and you never hear any of these types of people talking about God and the sacredness of human life. Not at all. It's, it almost feels like as long as it's not their life ending, then you know, it's okay, don't worry about the, the people you don't see. And there just doesn't seem to be any respect and love for human beings in any of this push. So let's listen to some of the propaganda from 60 Minutes. We'll go to Dr. Paul Ehrlich in 2023. He's now in his 90s. Too many people, too much consumption and growth mania. At the age of 90, biologist Paul Ehrlich may have lived long enough to see some of his dire prophecies come true. You seem to be saying that humanity is not sustainable. Oh, humanity is not sustainable. To maintain uh, our lifestyle, yours and mine, basically for the entire planet, you'd need five more Earths. Not clear where they're going to come from. Just in terms of the resources that would be required. Resources that would be required... Um, the systems that support our lives, which of course are the biodiversity uh, that we're wiping out. Uh, humanity is very busily sitting on a limb that we're sawing off. You know, something else we never really hear come out of the mouths of, well, in these types of programs and in this type of messaging is humans and our ability to adapt and the free market's ability to innovate, which of course... The answer to a lot of these problems in these in the minds of these people is it's more government intervention. It's it's kind of a socialist style system that they want to put in place, which stifles completely stifles innovation. You see that in any time that socialism has been enacted in, in these countries like the Soviet Union and even Venezuela today. But it's just it's fascinating the anti-human 
language that is just so easily spread without a second thought. Now, anyway, I'll just skip to the end and just it's very interesting how this video is summed up. Through this video, they also, of course, bring up the United Nations and the the various meetings that they have about the climate change agenda. And they also talk about there not being enough political will to bring in the changes that we need to save our way of life, which is, again, an interesting phrasing considering that they don't want us to have our way of life anymore or even our lives anymore by the sounds of a lot of a lot of the Malthusians uh, but just listen to how the the reporter ends this video the five mass extinctions of the ancient past were caused by natural calamities volcanoes and an asteroid today if the science is right humanity may have to survive a sixth mass extinction in a world of its own making. Basically, we are the calamity. And interestingly, the phrase, if the science is right, which is not in question according to the Malthusians, we must take action. So is the depopulation thing real? Well, in my eyes, there's so much evidence pointing to yes, that what other conclusion can you come to? Especially when all this sort of thing continues to come up and continues to be pushed in the news. And you see things like the action for climate and these school strike for climate, that kind of thing, and the gritters of the world all pushing forward with this messaging. So I do think it's important to highlight it, to point it out, to see the anti-humanist agenda that is at play. So you will eat the bugs and live in the pods by groups like the WEF and Mr. Klaus Schwab. You know, when they say things like that, we can joke about it, have a laugh, which is all well and good, but we also have to realise that they are very serious about pushing us in, in that type of direction. Anyway, let's end this episode on a lighter note, or a not so lighter note, depending on how you view this topic. Lizzo, we're talking about Lizzo. Uh, she's come out and she said that her music is not, uh, she, she's not making music for white people. So why, why is she not making music for white people? Sounds like a very racist thing to say. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Sounds very racist. So Lizzo, this is from the New York Post and it's based on, she was in Vanity Fair in November. So it's a you know, couple of months old now. She said, the thing is, when a black artist reaches a certain level of popularity, it's going to be a predominantly white crowd. 34-year-old star born Melissa Vivian Jefferson, not quite the same ring to it as Lizzo, told Vanity Fair in its November cover story, I'm not making music for white people. I'm a black woman. I am making music from my black experience for me to heal myself from the experience we call life. And if she earns tens of millions of dollars along the way, that's that's all part of the healing experience. It says, although Lizzo's music is rooted in R&B, hip-hop and even gospel, she has scored pop hits with life-affirming anth- anthems such as Juice, Good As Hell and most recently, About Damn Time. Life-affirming. Let's look at some lyrics from these life-affirming... We could, we could end on a positive, so let's, let's read some of these life-affirming lyrics, shall we? Juice. 
Mirror, mirror on the wall, don't say it, because I know I'm cute, oh baby. Louis or Lewis, down to my drawers, don't know, it's either one. LV, all on my shoes, oh baby, I be dripping so much sauce. I don't know why she's must be eating a hamburger or something. Gotta, gotta be looking like ragu, oh baby, lit up like a crystal ball. That's cool, baby, so is you, that's how I roll. If I'm shining, everybody gonna shine. Yeah, I'm goals. I was born like this. Don't even gotta try. I'm like Chardonnay. Get better over time. Who'd you say I'm not the baddest? Uh, female dog word. You lie. Ha ha. Now the chorus. It ain't my fault that I'm out here getting loose. Gotta blame it on the goose. Not sure what geese have done to you, Lizzo. Gotta blame it on my juice, baby. It ain't my fault that I'm out here making news. I'm the pudding of the proof. Got to blame it on my juice. What is wrong with Lizzo's juice? Very confusing too. Might want to check your fridge. Maybe the orange and pineapple has expired Lizzo. But there you go. I mean, life affirming. These are life affirming songs, people. Now, Lizzo says in the article, we need self-love and self-love anthems more than anybody. She said, no, we need God. But anyway, so am I making music for that girl right there who looks like me, who grew up in a city where she was underappreciated and picked on and made to feel unbeautiful? Yes, it blows my mind when people say I'm not making music from a black perspective. How could I not do that as a black artist? Now, at the bottom of the article, Lizzo, who donated $500,000 to Planned Parenthood, and the National Network of Abortion Funds after the Roe v. Wade was overturned in June. And her tour promoter matched that, apparently, believes that race played a significant factor in the ruling. Interesting, Lizzo, have you actually looked into the history of Planned Parenthood and how it predominantly targeted black neighbourhoods? You just donated to that, Lizzo. And then it says, quote, It's about white male supremacy. It's always been about white male supremacy in this country and the people who are complicit in helping uphold it, who are a lot of white women. So incredibly racist stuff here in this article and just pure ignorance, really. And again, pushing an agenda. I mean, I tried to end it on a lighter note, but I didn't realise the article actually ended with something so so dark. Um, So I apologise. But let's just... Let's just blame it on the juice. All right. Okay. Good. Going to leave it here for today. This has been another episode of the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast commentary, comedy and conversation. Again, please remember to like, share, subscribe, comment, and I will catch you again in the next one.